Welcome to Baba Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today we'll be reading in Romans uh, chapter 4. It's a continuation in Romans. And I will be using the NIV, the New International Version, just to make it simple to understand because that's what our ministry is all about. And before I get started, I always like to read what the Bible is. I got this from Dr. Vodi Bakum, which you can find on YouTube everywhere. And also you can find him... If you want to follow his ministry, just go to your search engine and put in uh, Vody Bakken Ministries and, and pull them up. You can actually um, you can get his monthly newsletter, but he's a great, great teacher and a preacher, really great. And so his, here's why we can depend on the Bible. The Bible, a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other witnesses. Forty authors, 66 volumes of books, span of 1,500 years, in three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe, written in three languages, mainly Hebrew and Greek, a little, a little in Aramaic, hundreds of subjects and topics. Therefore, we can trust the Bible. Okay, let's start in Romans chapter 4. And the title for this chapter will be Abraham Justified by Faith, verse 1 of Romans chapter 4. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefathers, according to the flesh, discovered in this matter? Verse 2. If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. Verse 3. What does Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Verse 4, now to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. Verse 5, however, to the one who does not work, but trust God, who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. Wow. Verse 6, David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Verse 7, blessed are those whose transgressions, transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Verse 8, Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. So again, that's once you come to Christ, come with a sorrowful, contrite heart, understanding that, that you and myself, we have all have broken God's moral law, the Ten Commandments, that means lying, um, are looking at another person with lust, which is, according to Jesus, um, adultery, and and then if you if you hate somebody, according to Jesus, you already committed murder in your heart. That's only three. So you see, there's no way we can keep it. So we're all we're all guilty of that. So knowing that. You know, we come with a sorrowful, contrite heart, knowing we're guilty. And we ask God for forgiveness. This is called repentance. And then we must turn from our wicked ways. So that means from that point, now we start, you start reading the Bible daily without feel like you would eat food. You know, and find a good Bible-believing teaching church to get into. And start learning how to serve the Lord, and which is serving other people. And studying the Bible so you can understand God and understand what, uh, uh, what He wants us to do, which is in His Word. That's why we're reading now. And um, and when you do mess up or sin, whatever, you ask God for forgiveness and you keep going. You know, because we need His forgiveness because 
we live in a sinful body, so it's very hard to do the right thing, you know. But through God's help, we can overcome. We just have to keep at it. Okay, verse 9. Is this blessedness only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? We have been saying that Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. Verse 10, under what circumstances was it credited? Was it after he was circumcised or before? It was not after, but before. And he received circumcision as a sign, a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. So then he is the father of all who believe but have not been circumcised, in order that righteousness might be credited to him. And he is then also the father of the circumcised, who not only are circumcised but who also follow in the footsteps of faith, the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. So, basically, circumcised is an out outward expression also, but also, um, if you notice on, in our society, um, because our country was founded on the Christian Bible and on Christianity and the belief of Jesus Christ, and our laws come from the Old Testament, mainly from the uh, Deuteronomy, you know, the book of Moses, um, and also... Um, they found that being circumcised, you know, keeps the area uh, clean and everything. So that's why they do it. But it's mainly an, an outward expression that I, I belong to God, you know. But do you have to do it now? No, you don't. But it's pretty normal here in America because we were founded. Uh, we were founded on uh, Christianity, the Christian Bible, and our forefathers. Um. That's, you know, some of the things that, that we're practicing and stuff. And it still, it definitely does work. It's like certain food that you can find in the Bible is good for you. It's the same thing. Okay, verse 13. It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. Verse 14. If those who depend on the law are heirs... Faith means nothing, and the promise is worthless. Verse 15, because the law brings wrath, and where there is no law, there is no transgression. Verse 16, therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it, it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. So you see, now we come by faith, by putting our trust in Christ Jesus alone, in Jesus Christ alone. Because we can't keep the commandments. Therefore, before you come, you're under the law. So that means we've broken God's moral law, so we're condemned already and on the way to hell. But when we come, we understand why we need Christ because we're all sinners. We've all broken God's moral law, the Ten Commandments, which you can find in, in Exodus chapter 20. But... Now we come by faith believing, by putting, by repenting of our sins, ask God for forgiveness, and then transferring the trust from ourselves to Christ alone. And that's how we're saved. Not by anything we can do. Or the Bible says not by works, which means, you know, nothing, we can't work for it, we can't earn it. It's a free gift to God if you come humbly as a child. 
Okay, verse 16. Therefore the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of, who are of the law, but also to those who have faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. Verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, um, in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Verse 18, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so be came the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Verse 19, without weak, weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave Glory to God, verse 21, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised, verse 22. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. Verse 20, 23, the words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, verse 24, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him, who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. Verse 25, He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Praise the Lord. Isn't that wonderful to hear that? What a spectacular. That is just so spectacular, I'm telling you. And before we go into the Matthew Henry's concise commentary on the whole Bible, I would also like to say if... Um, I would suggest you get that, and also to learn about church history. Also, another good book is Flavius Josephus, or the, or the Complete Works of Josephus, uh, which you can find online. And he, he, he lived from AD 37 to AD 100, and he was a military and Jewish histori historian during the early church. And it's a good thing to get. And he really described everything that went on and all the sufferings that the early church did. It was, this is an amazing thing. And it's, they have some good books out there on, uh, like, the Old Testament history. I mean, you know, like, what was going on at that time, whatever, and especially the New Testament history. And it's good to know because it's, it brings everything to clarity and, therefore, a better understanding. So now, oh, and uh, and also you can also get uh, Ma the Matthew Henry commentary on the Bible um, online. It's uh, www.biblestudytools.com, so lowercase, and go to menu, go to study tools, go to commentaries, down to Matthew Henry commentary on the Bible complete. And then you put it in there, and I believe it's in the modern language, so it helps you to understand it's just some resources to have that, that will help. Yep. Okay, so let me transfer over and get the other book out and get the complete breakdown of what we just read. I mean, it's pretty understandable, but um, Matthew Hammond brings out some really good points, you know, just to get a better understanding of what we just read.
which I'm all about the understanding, you know, okay. And uh, what we just read was Romans chapter 4, and it was verses 1 through 25. So let me read you from here. He gives you the beginning of it. Number one, it covers, Paul proves that Abraham was justified by faith, not works, verses uh, by, you know, not works, verses 1 through 8. Number two, he observes when and why he was justified, verses 9 through 17. Number three, he describes the com and commends the faith, verses 17 to 22. And number four, he applies this to us, verses 22 to 25. Okay, let's begin. The doctrine of justification by faith is shown by the case of Abraham, verses 1 through 12. He received the promise through the righteousness of faith, verses 13 and 22, and we are justified in the same way of believing, verses 23 and 25. Okay, let's begin. And this is Romans chapter 4, and, and this section is Romans um, verses 1 through 12. To meet the views of the Jews, the apostle first refers to the example of Abraham, in whom the Jews glorified, I'm um, excuse me, in whom the Jews gloried as their most renowned forefather. However, exalted in various respects, had nothing, he had nothing to boast in the presence of God, being saved by grace through faith, even as others, without noticing the years which passed before his call and the failures at times in the, his obedience and even in his faith, it was expressly stated in Scripture that he believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, From this example, it is observed that if any man could work the full measure required by the law, the reward must be reckoned as a debt, which evidently was not the case even of Abraham, seeing faith was reckoned to him for righteousness. When believers are justified by faith, their faith being counted for the righteousness, their faith does not justify them as a part, small or great, of their righteousness, but as the appointed means of uniting them to him who has chosen as the name, whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness, pardoned people, or the whole, the only blessed people. It clearly appears from Scripture that Abraham was justified several years before circumcision. It is therefore plain that this right was not necessary in order to, to justification. It was a sign of the original corruption of human nature. It, and it was such a sign as was also an outside, an outward seal, appointed not only to confirm God's promises to him and to his seed and their obligation to be the Lord's, but likewise to assure him of his being already a real partaker of the righteousness of faith. Thus Abraham was the spiritual forefather of all believers who walked after the example of his obedient faith, the seal of the Holy Spirit in our sanctification, making us new creatures in the inward evidence of the righteousness of faith. Okay, now chapter 4, verse 13 to 22. The promise was made to Abraham long before the law. It points out Christ, and it refers to the promise, Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. In these shall all fam families of the earth be blessed. The law worketh wrath by showing that 
Every transgressor is exposed to the divine displeasure as God intended to give man a title to the promised blessings. So he appointed it to be by faith that it might be holy of grace to make it sure to all who were of like precious faith with Abraham, whether Jews or Gentiles in all ages, the justification and salvation of sinners and the taking to himself of the Gentiles who had not been a people was a gracious calling of the things which are not as though they were, and this gift of a being to things that were not proved that almighty power of God. The nature and power of Abraham's faith are shown. He believed God's testimony and looked for the performance of his promise, firmly hoping when the case seemed hopeless. It is weakness of faith that makes a man lie pouring over the difficulties in the way of a promise. Abraham did not take it as a point that would admit of argument or debate. Unbelief is at the bottom of all our staggerings at God's promises. The strength of faith appeared in its victory over fears. God honors faith, and great faith honors God. It was imputed to him for righteousness. Faith is a grace that of all others gives glory to God. Faith clearly is the instrument by which we receive the righteousness of God, the redemption which is by Christ, and that which is the instrument whereby we take or receive it cannot be the thing itself, nor can it be the gift thereby taken the, uh, taken and received. Abraham's faith did not justify him by its own merit or value, but as giving him an interest in Christ, a part in Christ. Chapter 4, verses 23 to 25. The history of Abraham and of his justification was recorded to teach men of after ages, those especially to whom the gospel was then made known plain. Uh, excuse me, made then, excuse me, read that again. Those especially to whom the gospel was then made known. It is plain that we are not justified by the merit of our own works, but by faith in Jesus Christ and his righteousness, which is the truth urged in this and the foregoing chapter as the great spring and foundation of all comfort. Christ did notoriously work our, work our justification and salvation by his death and passion, but the power and perfection thereof with respect to us depends on his resurrection. By his death, he paid our debt. And his resurrection, he received our acquittance. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 8. When he was discharged, we in him and together with him received our discharge from the guilt and punishment of all our sins. This last verse is an abridgment or summary of the whole gospel. Amen and amen. Isn't that fantastic? Wow. Spectacular. Spectacular. Let me read you some scripture now. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. 
For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Luke chapter 6, verse 40. The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Luke chapter 6, verse 39, NIV. And all this is NIV. Luke chapter 6, verse 39, NIV. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the pit? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, NIV, New International Version. God is, see, in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Let's see. Romans chapter 3, verse 19, NIV. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. John chapter 14, verse 6, NIV. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we have to go God's way, not our own way, because it never works. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, the ESV, English Standard Version. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality. Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, ESV, in standard version. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Some salvation scripture. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 10, the King James Version. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt, shalt be saved. Romans chapter 10, King James Version. For with the heart man believes on the righteousness, and with the mouth confesses the man salvation. Romans chapter 10, verse 13, King James Version. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, King James Version. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Wow, that's good stuff there. So, why why do you need God? Why do you need to be, as we say, being saved? Well, like we had read before through there, um, we all have broken God's moral law, the Ten Commandments, which you can find in the Old Testament book of Exodus, verse 20, in the, the Bible, the Holy Bible. Now, let's just go through some of the commandments. I'm going to go through three. And remember, you only have to break one of the Ten Commandments and you're guilty. And we've all done that. Okay. Have you ever lied? What do you call some, someone that lies? A liar. That means a little white lie, whatever, not trying to hurt somebody's feelings. So you say... You say something different, so remember, it's the intent. God's, God's standards are so high, and ours are so low. We accept everything. It's okay. But not to God. you got to go His way. So, that would be, that would be the ninth commandment. You shall not bear false witness, or you shall not lie. Have you ever borrowed anything and not bring it back, or took something that didn't belong to you, or... 
um, took a paper clip or borrowed a pen or brought it back or whatever. We think it's nothing, but to God, remember, God's standards are much higher than ours. We accept everything like it's nothing. So that would be stealing. What do you call someone who steals, steals a thief? That's two. That's only two. Have you ever looked at another person with lust? According to Jesus, that would be you have committed adultery in your heart already. That means you already looked at a person and, and in your mind had all these thoughts or whatever. And that would be the seventh commandment. So that's three commandments right there. So if God was to judge you by these commandments, would, would you be guilty or innocent? You would be guilty. You have to be honest with yourself. Would it be heaven or hell? It would be hell. A, a, a place of eternal torment with fire and, and brimstone and everything. And it's a hellish place you don't want to go to. That's for those who have rejected Christ. And that is for those that, you know, have heard the gospel and whatever. But, but also, remember, God... God has chosen those that belong to him from the, the foundations of the world, you know, before the world began. And you say, well, why would that be? You know, why, would have to, why bother to do all this? Well, because that's what God commands us to do. He knows everything. We don't. He's made us. He created us. He knows exactly what we're all about. But he's God. He's sovereign. He knows everything. He is everything. And he commands us in uh, Matthew chapter 28 verses 19 to 20 he says for those who belong to him christians he says go out into the world and uh and to teach and baptize you know to, to tell people about you know preach whatever but you know there that specific, specifically says there in that scripture it says to teach and baptize but we got to go into the world that's what he tells us to do because we want to you know see people saved so he knows those that will hear will hear this and will come but he still gives everybody opportunities, you know. When we stand before judgment, there's not going to be any excuses. There's not going to be anything like that. Remember, you ever hear this this thing? Like the police, if the police stops you or whatever, and, and he says, oh, he just broke the speed limit. Oh, I didn't know that. He's going to say, ignorance of the law, it's not an excuse. You should already know. Right, and so you know, and the Bible says no one's looking for God because they're too busy in their own self-serving, our own self-serving ways that we do. You know, so, so I would say, if you want to go to heaven and have eternal life instead of being in eternal punishment forever, then you need to get right with God. What's getting right with God? Well, getting right with God is realizing we broke the ten. The Ten Commandments, we broke the commandments, we're all guilty, in need of a Savior. So come as a little child, by faith believing, and come humbly with a contrite heart, a sorrowful heart, and ask God to forgive you of your sins, and then put your trust in the Christ alone. So, Lord, I put my trust in you, and transfer the trust from yourself to Christ alone. Kind of like if you're on an airplane, and it's about to crash, somebody gives you a parachute, that's going to save you from the jump to come, Jesus will save you from the judgment to come if you truly put your faith in him and believe. You know, and then from that moment you do that, get a get a Bible, easy to read Bible, whatever. I would suggest you get an NIV Bible or an English Standard Version Bible or New King James Bible. They're easy to understand and they're directly translated from the original to um, 
to the modern language. Another another good one is uh, I think it's um, the New American Standard Bible, the NASB, and then there's um, uh, the New Living Translation. Those are about the only ones I would suggest. Um, but the NIV is pretty pretty good, pretty simple, or the ESV English Standard Version or the New King James Version. You know, I mean, if you the King James Version, I mean, you can understand the King James. It's, it's the old English, so some of it can be hard. So I would suggest you start with a simpler version so you can understand. It's like the NIV would be great, you know, that or the English Standard Version, whatever, or uh, the New King James Bible. So that's what I would suggest. You know, first repentance, come to Christ and repentance, ask for forgiveness, put your trust in Christ, start reading the Bible, find a Bible, get a Bible, find a good Bible-believing teaching church to belong to so you can start learning and growing and how to serve Christ and serve others. Can I give you some other resources that will help you to learn and grow? All these you can find on YouTube. And that is Dr. Vodi Bakum. And also his ministries, Vodi Bakum Ministries, which you can put in a search engine. Living Waters with Ray Comfort, livingwaters.com, RC Sproul, Ligonier Ministries, all these on YouTube. Answers in Genesis with Ken Ham, answersingenesis.org. Wall Builders with David Barton, wallbuilders.com. He also has a radio show you can listen to live or record it online. Um, and he does have radio stations, you'll have to find that. But he teaches, uh, he teaches a lot of the American um, American Christian history, and he teaches a lot of other Christian history, too. It's really good. Dr. Walter Martin, waltermartin.org. Uh, Pastor Jeff Durbin with Apologia Studios. You can also listen to the audio part in Apple Podcasts. You can go to his uh, website, apologiastudios.com. A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A-S-T-U-D-I-O-S dot com and you can go on there and a lot of good stuff there and if you want a free seminary education they have a uh, they have a section there it's, uh, it's uh, either uh, Greg Bonson or Bonson U Dr. Greg Bonson Dr. Greg Bonson who is a Bible professor and he um, he's died so um, so the family donated all of his audio uh, teaching recordings and everything to Apologia Studios. They remastered everything. And so you can literally get a free seminary education if you uh, look on the – and I would suggest you also um, – but you can pay, I think, like $10 a month. You know, and you get uh, like full access to all the great stuff they have on there. Uh, but if not, at least get – Oh, the Greg Bonson or Bonson U and you click on there and start learning. It's, it's fantastic. Okay, so if you would like to uh, find us or listen to us, follow us, whatever, uh, it is a Bible Education Institute, Reverend Henry Kelly, or just Bible Education Institute. And you can find us on all these various platforms that I'm going to mention. There's a lot more, too. And that would be... Um, YouTube, Rumble, Telegram, Getter, Twitter, Facebook, Gab. You can also find us on all these uh, audio podcasts, Listen Notes, Luminary Podcast, Player FM. Uh, 
Spotify, Apple, Helium Radio Network, HeliumRadio.com, Amazon, Amazon Music, Overcast, Chrome, G Potter, Firefox, Safari, iTunes, Audible, Alexa, Google, Podbean, Internet Explorer, Podcast Addict, and others. Here's some more good teachers that I may or may not have mentioned. Dr. James White, he's on YouTube, and you can find him on Apology of Studios also. Doug Wilson, Gary DeMar, Pastor Joel Webin with Right Response Ministries. And, of course, um, Brody Bacham, uh, Dr. R.C. Sproul with Ligonier Ministries. That's Ligonier.org. Go to his website. And Pastor Jeff Durbin, Apology Studios. Those are really good resources. And here's a few others. Uh, to be able to buy books or whatever, I buy a lot of used books because they're pretty good condition. You can buy new too, and here's just some that I uh, uh, that you can buy from, and that's uh, Abe Books, A B E Books, Thrift Books, uh, Amazon, Alibris, A L I B R I S, and there's other ones you can put whatever book you're looking for, Bibles, whatever, and you can find it on there. And also another good resource is TCT Network. There's one program on there that's really worth watching and learning, and that is uh, you can find uh, Faith in History with William Federer. Just go to On Demand Programs. He teaches about all Christian church history and American history, uh, uh, Christian American history and around the world. It's fantastic. Very enlightening, illuminating. Also, there used to be one who teaches the Old Testament, Ancient Jewish Wisdom with Rabbi Daniel Lappin, but you can find him now on YouTube, and also he has an audio podcast, RabbiDanielLappin.com, and sometimes his wife helps him, Susan Lappin. You can go to their website, which is RabbiDanielLappin.com, and Susan has a blog on there, and it's very interesting. It's called... Susan's Musing, you can read that. But they have a lot of good, you know, a lot of good things that you can learn about the Old Testament. You know, just to give you more of, of context and format and everything. So remember, read the Bible daily without fail and do what it says.